Well, if you are determined to play the fool, then pray proceed at leisure. I shall leave you to it. I should get some sleep. I have things on my mind. Or something to do tomorrow. Darcy blurted out without thinking, only to instantly curse himself for his loose tongue. Thankfully, Fitzwilliam did not ask him what it was, but instead chuckled. Sleep, eh? I cannot imagine falling asleep any time soon myself. Cousin, you are in fine, Fettle. You flit about, you fiddle with Lady Catherine's porcelain, you talk in riddles. If there is anything I can do to help, pray let me know. If not, then you should seek your berth. I assume you are not in trouble, judging by your spirits, but... Uh... Fitzwilliam laughed. Trouble? You might be surprised to hear that I find myself in more trouble than ever, but so be it. Darcy gave up inquiring into his cousin's meaning, and poured himself another brandy. Seemingly, Fitzwilliam was not about to seek his berth, and whatever he might wish to say would be said in his own good time, or not at all. But clearly the prodding and the questioning had no effect whatever. "'I trust you remember me laughing at—nay, mercilessly mocking all the poor fools who would declare themselves in love,' Fitzwilliam jovially observed. "'Well, I find myself reaping the rewards.' Captain Henshaw would laugh himself into a fit to hear it, after all the raillery he got from me over his infatuation. That was new, Darcy thought, and perhaps a touch too close for comfort. Are you in love, cousin? he soberly asked. Worse, Darcy, worse, the other replied, but his mien and his words were puzzlingly incongruous. Baffled, Darcy stood aside, watching his cousin pour himself a drink, then down it in one draught, and turned towards him without warning. "'Can you keep a secret, Darcy? Of course you can. You were born poker-faced. I mean, keeping a secret from Lady Catherine, who can be more unpleasant than the devil if she chooses, and I would rather she does not get the chance, and not to me, and particularly not to her.' Before Darcy could ask again what, or rather whom he was speaking of, Fitzwilliam burst out, clearly unable to contain himself. "'Darcy, I am engaged to be married!' I proposed today, and Miss Bennet had the kindness to say yes. Now I can see that you are stunned. Before you say anything, I, I know that in some respects this is sheer madness, since we both have precious little to live on. She's far from wealthy, and so am I. But somehow things will come together. Thank goodness for old Boney. At least my soldier's pay will see us through for as long as the war lasts, and then I shall find a way to keep us afloat. Damn me, I would even go into trade if I have to. And if this does not send my esteemed father into a fit of apoplexy, then I do not know what would. You say nothing. What? No congratulations? I am that sorry, Darcy. I was hoping to have you on my side at least. I know how wild it seems, and bordering on the irresponsible. Believe you me, I did try very hard indeed to keep a clear head, and tell myself this is not a prudent choice. Pater will rant and rave, and others will follow. But I say hang them. I had not known her a senite before I felt we were perfectly matched. I could not leave her, Darcy, and go my own way. I cannot lose her. I love her. And I was hoping that even you might come to see why. I know she does not meet with your approval in more than one regard, but for my sake I was hoping you could overlook it and wish us joy. Fitzwilliam concluded at last, his open countenance reflecting genuine emotion, and he stepped forward, his right hand outstretched. From the moment that the thunder had struck, Darcy had heard less than one word in twenty. All the while, three other words screamed in his head, over and over. This cannot be! This cannot be! This cannot be!
What mockery was this? What nightmare? If it was a nightmare, then good Lord, pray let him awaken. And yet the heavens remained silent, and the nightmare raged on. His cousin was not silent, but his words held no meaning, as though they were spoken in a foreign tongue. At long last he stopped talking, and offered him his hand. Through nothing but numb force of habit, Darcy took it and clasped it, then abruptly excused himself, his steps carrying him faster and faster through the silent house. Dead man walking. How dreadfully fitting. The thought flitted through his shock-struck mind, soon to be followed by disjointed, lightning-like flashes, as he walked out of the house into the pitch-dark garden. Elizabeth married to Fitzwilliam, his closest relation, in spirit if not blood, and he would see them together constantly, in town, at Ashford, and at Pemberley, married to his cousin. He would be expected to attend the wedding, see her at the altar pledging herself to his closest friend, see them walk away to be man and wife together. He gasped for breath, as though punched in the stomach, or as though he was about to be violently sick. At dawn, the Darcy carriage thundered away from Rosings. When they finally awoke at a much more reasonable hour, short notes were handed to the Colonel and Lady Catherine to excuse, but not explain, his abrupt departure. Several months later, Fitzwilliam determined that, upon reflection, this should have been his first hint that something was terribly wrong.